Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. Oh, it's time. The Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000 is nearly upon us, and it's time for the V8 Sleuth Preview Podcast of the Great Race, the 59th running of the race at Mount Panorama. I'm Aaron Noonan. Will Dale's on the other side of the microphone. You're not feeling the best today, Will. No, but Sunday's a long time away yet. Sunday's race day. That is always Sunday's the Sunday's Bathurst day. Uh, what are you drinking there? I'm drinking a lemon and honey tea. It's a bit broth. It's a bit broth-like, <laughs> isn't it? I think that's herbal. what he had. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. Standard mobile cup of tea. Lovely, lovely. Hey, our preview edition of the podcast. We don't normally do previews of events, mm. but this is Bathurst. Exactly. You have to do a preview. So on this podcast, we're going to take a look car by car, give you some of the stats and amazing facts that you probably haven't even thought of or heard anywhere else. We're going to pick some of our favourites. We're going to talk about some of the bits and pieces that we think will go on up there, uh, some of the things that won't go on, and we have a truckload of Q&A questions. How many pages? Uh, There's a good three or four here by the looks of things. And there's probably a bad three or four too. Yeah, but we won't talk about them. No, no, we won't. We won't. (laughs) Hey, what's the first topic that we want to kick off with our Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000 preview show? There's so much to talk about. Where do we start? Let's start at the um, fan favourite one that has come up time and again this year, the... um the relative performance of the Holden versus the Ford heading into the biggest race of the year. Is this the thing called parity? Don't say it. Uh, sorry. I had to say it. I had to get it out there. Yeah. There is a feeling around the place that the Commodore will win by a country mile and that a Ford Mustang and particularly a Nissan will not be a chance. Mm. I don't subscribe to that. The Mustangs will still be a chance, but it is clear that at Pukekohe, the Commodores were the jet to have and they suddenly looked like um, tracks with big, long straight. Yep, that's mm. what's coming next. I reckon they're the car to beat. Doesn't mean that they're going to win because Bathurst is one of those races you can never predict. But boy, oh boy, all those parity changes and tweaks this year have got the Commodores to the point where we can they're actually put them in the list of potential winners for Bathurst, whereas three, four, five rounds in, you wouldn't have. Well, this is the thing. You look back 12 months ago and you look at the last race leading into Bathurst as a potential form guide, it was Sandown 500, and if there were no safety cars in that or stoppages, Triple Eight would have lapped everyone Mm. finished first, second, and third, and Mm. it didn't look like anyone else was in with a shot and come Sunday afternoon at Bathurst, there's a handful of different cars from different teams that were fighting it at the front. And yes, a Triple Eight car did win. But still, like we had a we had a race on our hands. An Erebus car should have won. David Reynolds and Luke mm. Yildon should be going for three in a row this year, no doubt. For sure. For they, sure. They, they won't make that mistake again. Their no. management of David Reynolds, his own personal preparation. Um, I actually saw the replay of the race the other day on Fox, and it actually caught me in the emotion of the moment that when he got hauled out of the car and when they were umming and ahhing of what to do, they were damned if they did, they were damned if they didn't. But the reality was that's one they will never get back. No. You're right. There was no good solution to that problem. Luke Yildon- Well, there was ra- a solution. Well, yes. Manage him during the week. But once it got to that point- and oh, Dave, it was too Dave late. It was too it late. He was yeah. cooked. He was Dave cooked. flagged that with everyone. You go back and you listen to his interviews throughout the week. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm it's a sleeping. common theme. 
And because it was Dave, everyone thought, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. But he wasn't kidding. There's no... uh, If Erebus's media availability in the week leading up to Bathurst is anywhere near like it was last year, that's a bad sign. (laughs) I think they should have just clamped down on a little bit. They've got to put these guys in a cotton wool to do the, the best performance ever. But... He's not the reigning champion this year, though. No, so, that's right. So that yeah. takes away a bit of the pro- pressure, a bit of the focus. Clearly, huge focus goes to Wink Up and Lowndes mm. uh, being back together. Big focus on Scott McLaughlin as the championship leader. Of course, he could DNF Bathurst and still be around in front. Yes. I-, I reckon he's going to wrap up the championship after Sandown. Or before Sandown, before, after the Gold Coast. Yeah, potentially before. Yep. You, mathematically, he could. Yeah. Mathematically, a lot of things. Could well, happen. yeah, yeah. So, who's in your list of the cars that are real contenders? Because the every year, oh, ten cars can win this race, twelve cars can win this race, fifteen cars. It's absolute crap, mm. absolute crap. No matter where you hear it, there's ten Re- cars that could potentially be on the podium. I could potentially be on the podium if I was any good and drove a car or had a microphone. That too, but <laughs> you were there in fourteen. Is, you were yeah, there in fourteen. Reality is, there's three or four genuine, real chances, mm. and the rest, if things roll their way, might be a sniff. Mm. But the the cars that spring in my mind, I th- I can only pick three Commodores as the outright favourites, and I know it's based off a small sample size of the last round, but the step and the performance, and if you, I'm hearing from some of these Commodore drivers that even they're thinking, I think we've actually got a fair rocket ship to go to Bathurst with. So the two Red Bull cars are both contenders because look at the four drivers in them, Lowndes and Wink up in one, mm. Van Gisbergen and Tander in the other. Mm. That is one of the best four-man lineups in the history of I'd, the Bathurst I'd argue race. that is probably the best. Uh, Brock Scaife, Murphy, Lowndes, HRT was pretty good. Yeah, you're right. That was pretty good. But it's, but it's another podcast. You, 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 well, yeah. you think Brock was at... Right at the end of his competitive career, you can't say that really. Like, Lowndes is the closest out of that four Red Bull Holden Racing Team driver lineup you could say that about. And he's still, he's the reigning Bathurst winner. He is. He's not and shabby. He, he could win eight. I, I wrote this in the, the forward for the 2018 Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000 official annual, mm. which if you haven't got a copy, get on our store and get it. Store.v8sleuth.com.au. It's limited to only 2,000 copies. It's the perfect thing to get signed when you go to the races in the future. And it tells the story of the race car by car in a different way to the the Bathurst books of the past. Or indeed, if you're at the race this year, We've you can pick there. up a copy. Yeah, yeah. So let's... Do the little plug while we're at it. The V8 Sleuth Bookshop is back. We will be in the tent with the historic cars, uh, the legends and heroes display, as we've been the last few years, in the paddock at Mount Panorama. You're running the stall, so everyone can now put the face to the name to voice. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And we'll have great stock of our new books, our old books, uh, and a range of stuff there, and and you're running the show. if If you want to swing by, say hello. Please buy something. Yeah, that'd be great. Keeps me fed. It keeps you going. Yeah. Buys the fuel to get you back to Melbourne yeah. at the end of it all. The, the point being, though, that I wrote in the, the forward in the annual last year that if you'd asked me after Lowndes' last win in 2015 when he got to six, can he get to Brock's nine, I would have said no. Seven last year, retiring from full-time with Wing Cup. I, yes, he can win nine. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's done another deal for another two years. Doesn't mean he's driving with Wink Up next year or the year after, but doesn't matter. If he's with Triple Eight, he'll be with someone good. Oh, absolutely. Whether absolutely. it's Wink Up Van Gisbergen or if someone else comes along to take one of those seats somewhere down the track, he's in the game. And I would say his seven wins in the era that he has won them in 
is better than Brock's nine. When you look at the level of competitiveness. Oh, oh, admittedly, what we just said then about they're not being 10 cars that can win the race, but there's 10 cars at the front of the field fighting for the top spots. There's a couple of cars that could roll out of the truck well. Mm. But if I'm which, which we'll for, get to in a moment when you go through car by car. Yeah, but who are my three that I'm looking for as if I had to put some money down, and I'm, I'm not a really a, a betting man or anything, mm. um, if I was setting the market, who are my three favourite cars at the shortest priced odds? They are Reynolds and Yulden, they are Tanner and Van Gisbergen, and they are Lowndes and Winkup with McLaughlin next. See, I'd sneak Scotty. I'd, I'd have a hard time not putting Car Seventeen in that to- in in that leading three group. Yeah, I put him in. Uh, he's my fourth pick. Mm. I I don't know. That's the good thing. We don't know. But no. from what I saw at Pukekohe, Commodores are fast in a straight line. Bathurst a lot about straight line. Mustangs a well balanced car. So across the top, you'd expect that to be pretty solid. If they can, if they can trim the Mustang out by whatever means they have in terms of dropping the gurney, dropping the wing, whatever, we always talk about speed down the straights. That is where you make passes at Bathurst. You remember back when the Triple Eight Wild Card, the Xbox oh, I car. I thought you were going to say the Xbox car. Yeah, yeah, that that car did so well, not just because of the quality drivers in it, but it could make passes and it could hold cars that were quicker than it off down the mm, straight because mm. no one could get near the back of it, mm. including its teammates. Yeah, <laughs> they've got plenty of radio transmissions going yeah, that day. They did. Oh, I think Tickford are in the mix. Tickford oh, are in the mix. And, and they always are when it comes to that. Yeah, list. don't forget, Mostert was fourth last year with James Moffat. They won on the Gold Coast. Despite bent steering. Yep, yep. It's Chaz's 200th championship race at Bathurst this year. It's Super Cheap's race. The course of the great race at Bathurst is theirs. They've sponsored it now since this is the 15th year. It's, it's been the super cheap auto Bathurst Absolutely flown. Which is awesome. Which is mm. awesome. 2005 was the first time they came on board. They're a red hot shot. Waters and Caruso. Cam Waters recently announced as re-signing and also Monster Energy. He's qualified in the top 10 for every race this year bar one, and when he didn't, he was 11th. Mm. He's been a quiet achiever for Tickford this year and probably deserves a bit more credit. Caruso's, we know what he's he can gone. do up yeah. there. He's experienced. Um, you think the, da- the Davos? Oh, they're in there. Absolutely, sure. they're in there. He's and had a great resurgence in 2019. It's been great to see. Yeah, uh, Alex Davison's not been doing much racing this year. That's the one little question mark I put on them. But he's so experienced that that weighs the balance out. Yeah, and by he knows the way, what he's, doing. he's the bloke with a perfect finishing record at Bathurst. 100% finishing from 14 starts in the race, has never DNF. That's astonishing. Yeah. I mean, there's been some races where they have been delayed or whatever, mm. but at, the fact is Alex Davison's car, no matter whether he's the main game or the co-driver, has finished at the end of the race and been classified, which is stunning to finish 14 in a row. For sure. And, you know, you can't win the race if you... Oh, actually, I was going to say, you can't win the race if you don't finish. Um, let's not mention 92. Car finished. It was classified as a finisher because the race was backdated two laps. Holdsworth and Randall. I reckon they're in there. Well, look at how Lee went at Pukekohe. Yeah. He's he's graphs going up. It's been going up. And it's going up at the right time. Yep. If that car rolls off the trailer in the window, he will be quick. He's good around Bathurst. True. True. Uh, He needs to qualify up near the front. He needs to put him. He's barely been in the shootout once, I think, in the last nine or 10 goes up there. Has he been in the right equipment to do it? Mm. On some occasions, no. But, um, yeah, I'm looking to Tickford. Yeah. And I don't think there's too many others in the conversation outside of... See, the other thing that we haven't talked about, 
Everyone talks Shell V Power Racing Team and DGR Team Penske. They talk Scott McLaughlin. Don't forget Fabian. Mm. And the reason why I say that is not just because of Fabian. He's got a really good finishing record at Bathurst. He's on the podium there two years ago, but it's the bloke who is his co-driver. I think Tony Delberto has become the most underrated and underappreciated in the in- – well, maybe he's appreciated the industry, but I mean in terms of awareness. No one's really talking about him. But look at what he's done since he's been at Penske. Safe, safe, safe pair of hands. Mm. And I don't mean to say this to people to pump them up that they might accidentally make a drama at the, the race this year. But his last couple of years, and I'm flicking the bits of paper, you might be able to hear it. I mean, they were ninth last year together. They were third the year before. Um he was with Scotty Pye the year prior to that with Penske's, and they finished fifth. Mm. So a five, a three, and a nine in the last three years since he's joined that team. Really highly rated and respected in that team. Has been doing other racing, TCR this year in the Honda, bit of Merc GT stuff in, in previous times as well. well so they're, they're in the game, but I'm, I'm not quite putting them in that next group three or four to watch to win, but, gee, they're in the next group. Well, totally. just to expand on Tony, Tony D, you think back to that, First year at the end of 2016 when he and Luke Yulden were DJR Team Penske's enduro co-drivers. Only one of them stayed with the team. Yeah. And I know when I was talking to Fabs at the start of 2017, he said that the decision came down to the team just looking at with a fine-tooth comb over absolutely everything. And Tony D was the driver that came out ahead. And he's been doing it. Ever since, and, uh, and Luke's not shabby. He won. He back- won the race the next <laughs> year, so it worked out race, good yeah. for him. It worked out okay. Exactly. Delberto and Coulthard, they go back. They mm. actually shared together at Tasman in the Dodo car in two thousand five. They were the second car to Jason Richards and and Jamie Winkup. So they started way back down the track, and Which, they're back when, together. So you, we're starting to get the facts and the figures flowing, and that's what this podcast is really all about with Bathurst, because we do a lot of work on the history of this race for. Um, for our data clients, uh, for television, for Fox, for, for supercars, for 10. And because we like it. And because we like it too. Look, hand, my hand's in the air. I'm a nerd. I love <laughs> car racing. I love Bathurst and I love stats. Hi, my name's Aaron and I love stats. <laughs> and, I, and I have a, yes. <laughs> I have a small issue, a small yeah. problem. Um, we've been asked a whole bunch of questions, but before we get to those, Dark Horse. And and a lot of people are asking me on socials, Dark Horse, and I presume they mean for a win. Hmm. But I would also say the Dark Horse can be what you want it to be, for a podium, for a top 10, for whatever you set it to be. Who's your Dark Horse in your mind? Dark Horse for a podium? This, this, is, this is a bold prediction. And, it, again, it's another one where it depends on how Let it fly. Let it fly. Todd Hazelwood. Oh. For the podium. For a podium. The ZB Commodores are coming good at the right time, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. That 35 car has, at times this year, been ahead of the 888 cars or on a par with them mm-hmm. when they've hit on the setup and gotten in the window early mm-hmm. in the weekend. Mm-hmm. If they can do that at Bathurst, given what we're expecting those cars to be capable of, the only question mark is his rookie co-driver yep. and Jack Smith. But... He's You've just got to do your 54 laps and stay out of trouble. Exactly. You Todd can triple to stint at home. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Ooh, not bad. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, actually really I thought you'd that. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, it's hard to go with the dark horse of what a dark horse is, mm. but I reckon Brad Jones Racing and Nick Perk had a Jew. Absolutely. They're always They're there. Jew. 
Perkett's had a really good year. He's been really, really consistent. He's eighth in the championship coming into the weekend. I know Tim Slade has had a, a really tough, tough year, and there's questions about his future with that team. Perkett's locked in. Mm. Um, but aside from that, he's put together a really nice, solid year, probably a little bit under the radar. I love that they change the liveries of that car all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps us guessing. It keeps yeah. us busy. Uh, the mobile livery for Bathurst for them is something pretty cool with 7-Eleven as well. How cool are the driver's suits? Uh, Straight 1996 out of the HRT, HRT spec. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I reckon they're due. They, they've been there or thereabouts but not had much luck. Well, you think 2017, Nick was the one fighting Reynolds in the closing laps for the win mm. until it all went a bit pear-shaped. Well, slipped back and then actually hit the wall at the top of the hill. Yeah. Well, and, lap or two to go. Yeah. And last year, that car had no power steering for the balance of the race. So yeah. how how Nick and Macaulay Jones, his co-driver at the time, dragged that into a top 10 finish is remarkable. Mm. No, that's true. That's true. There's so many things to cover with Bathurst and history and, and the like. One of the ones I'd like to throw up there, David Reynolds. We talked about him before. He has had the fastest lap for the race at Bathurst for the last three years in a row. Mm. Now, there is someone who's had four in a row. And Dave will be really pleased oh, to hear Oh, it's his favourite bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man whose boxes he owns. Yeah. I mean, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> How are you going to rephrase that? Though? I don't think there is a way no, of rephrasing no, no, no. that. No. There was a stunned silence there. Yeah. It's Mark Scaife. He yeah. had the fastest lap at Bathurst every year, 1990 to 1993, four years in a row. Hmm. But remember, in 91, the only reason he <laughs> got it was because he jumped cars into the second Nissan GDR and broke the lap record. So does that make him still do counts? What? Still oh, counts. For sure. I'm does not one make... of those people no. who do the hate for driver swapping and cross entering, which we get a lot of grumpy people on socials, particularly about Brock's two wins where he jumped cars. They were the rules at the time, and other people did it as well. But yeah, there's a unique one. So if David Reynolds, and in those three years that he's had mm. the fastest lap, he's broken lap record twice, mm. and that. I think was 16... And last year. Yeah. In 16, the Erebus car, they, they they had an engine issue or they had a mechanical issue that put the car in the garage for quite a chunk of the race. And then they just said, go for it. Yeah, they put him on green tyres and he went for it. <laughs> and they they actually... they were, I remember to talk, talking to Dave after the race and they were down on straight line speed that weekend as well. So the fact that he set a lap record... It's good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that lap record last year, Dave Reynolds, 2 minutes 6.1492. That's the marker that is the race lap record. But remember, mm. the qualifying record is 203.8312 mm. by Scotty McLaughlin in that Falcon FGX uh, back in 2017. Uh, and he's talking to talk that that's going to go. Well, if we, have a, if we have a dry, a completely dry weather build-up, which we didn't last year, which is part part of the way of Scott's point, that they were doing low fours, like several cars were doing mid to low fours, and their first dry running was qualifying. So if we have a dry lead up, there's absolutely no reason to think that a low three, I reckon maybe a two. Oh, boy. Really? I said maybe. Okay, maybe. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big word. It's yeah. a big word. Plus, plus they were the, it was 2017 with different tyres as well, mm. with a different construction. Maybe. Anyway. So mm. you're still going with maybe, not oh, calling it. I, I, I think you'd have to be really brave yeah, okay. to suggest anyone's going to run a two. One not thing, impossible. Though. One thing I will suggest to you that is a fact, there are six rookies in the Bathurst 1000 this year. James Hinchcliffe and Alexander Rossi, plenty of coverage for the wild card with Walkinshaw Andrew to United. Mm. Uh, Thomas Randall, who's Lee Holdsworth's co-driver. Jack Smith's sharing with Todd Hazelwood, as we've covered. 
Brody Kostecki, and Jake Kostecki. Now, here's a note for count the number of times you read this in the press this week. <laughs> if you hear them referred to as brothers, please feel free to point out to people that that is incorrect. It is Kostecki Brothers Racing, mm. but the drivers, Jake and Brody, are not brothers. They are cousins. Very, Jake very significant. Jake is brothers difference. with Kurt Kostecki, who drives for Triple Eight in the Super 2 Series and who works with the Kostecki Brothers Racing Team otherwise. So mm. a trap for players <laughs> who maybe don't work in the supercars industry during the year and write for the daily papers. So there's a little note for free for everybody. <laughs> it's like the Lusty so Brothers back in the day. Don't call them brothers. Mm. They're cousins. So, mm. Yeah, it is like the Lusties. That's true. The Lusties and the cousin. That's very true. Hey, how many safety car periods in a single Bathurst 1000 do you think the record is? 13? Correct. I'll admit to cheating that one slightly. Yeah, it's having but that's having okay. looked at it very recently. The very wet race of two thousand, and of mm. course that was a field of fifty five cars. So there's plenty of opportunities for for things to go wrong there. But um, but not that's not the race that had the most safety car laps. Uh, no, there were forty three that year. But the most laps from memory was in two thousand and six, mm. uh, where we had uh, forty. Looking at the number forty eight. Yeah. Out of 161. Remember, there was the Paul Radisich accident mm. uh, on the exit of the chase uh, when he ended up headfirst in the fence there in the Team Kiwi car. That took a long time to obviously get him out of that car. But um, last year, there were three safety cars only totaling. Or we count safety car laps differently here at um, our business in terms of AN1 data. We talk about safety car affected laps. So if we're on lap 10 of the race, the leaders are at the top of the mountain and the safety car's called, we consider lap 10 a safety car. The, the safety car comes out on lap 10, yeah. even if it physically doesn't move onto the circuit until lap 11 for the leaders to form up behind it. That's and a, and that's even though everyone's pushing to the line. Yeah, it's yeah. a safety car affected lap. Yeah. So um, in 2017, there were six. Remember, it was a wet race mm. uh, for the majority. Uh, affecting 16 laps. In 16, there were six periods. In 2015, there were four. And in 2014, that long race with the gap in the middle <laughs> and the track breaking up, there were nine. Hmm. So uh, low numbers of safety cars. And you hear about that probability of safety cars on the telecast a fair bit. Prob that's not a probability. It's more a um, an average of what's happened before. The probability is if it's wet, higher probability. If there's more cars in the race, that's a higher probability. If there's less experienced drivers, more probability. doesn't mean that it's going to happen that way. But the safety car is always an interesting one on how many it, times we do or don't see it. And it's interesting when you think back to that 2016 race where there were, you say, six safety cars. The first one wasn't until lap 92. And then we just stacked them in after that. Yeah, the old safety car breeds safety <laughs> yes. car breeds safety car. That has been a thing. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. Hey, the other thing in our research that we've gone through for this year's great race, what's the prime age that you need to be to win this race? What we've done, we've looked at all the winners from mm. every year and how old they were and built an age profile of what the most popular age is to win the race. What do you reckon you need to be? Young and fast and hungry in your 20s? A bit more mature in your 30s? Or the veteran in your 40s or 50s? You need that blend. You need that blend of youth and experience that comes in your early 30s. And I'm not just saying that because I'm 33. <laughs> so you reckon 33 is the prime number? 
That's a good number. It's, I don't know if it's the right number. The right number is 32. There have been hey. more drivers win Bathurst at the age of 32 than any other. 11 times that's happened. The next few are 33 and 34, nine times each. That's where you look at all the numbers. That's where it's focused. Hmm. But have a look at the way that the sport's moving with those guys that have come out of full-time drives that are now the prime co-drivers, yeah. Lowndes and Tander and Caruso. Well, GT and CL are in their 40s. Caruso's 30s. So the 32, 33-year-old, the, the age of the guys who are at the top tier at the moment, uh, well, Winkup's a bit older. Mm. Van Gisbergen's young, around the mark She's probably yeah. in the profile of that. Um, McLaughlin's clearly younger. Chas Mostert's younger. Just an interesting stat that we thought we'd throw out. And, yeah. and full credit to... Where we got, where we ended up starting down this road, it was actually Colin Bond. Yeah, that sort of, that you sort need of to triggered this how discussion. And why. So, if you're a reader of foxsports.com.au, you'll have seen a story recently where um, James Pavey had a chat to Colin Bond, and Bondy was chatting to Chaz Mostert at the Bathurst 1000 launch this year. Bondy asked Chaz how old he was. Chaz is 27, and Bondy said, "Oh, that's a great age. That's a great age to win Bathurst at." And he, and he rattled off a stat that we went and checked and was absolutely spot on. So, Bondi, still sharp at age 77. Oh, so, by the way, you've got to listen to the oh, Colin yes. Bond yeah, podcast yeah. on the V8 Sleuth podcast. I went and saw him a little while back at his home in Sydney, and we talked about the 50th anniversary of him winning his first Bathurst in 1969 in the Holden Dealer team, uh, Monaro GDS350. So if, you, if you've only just picked up our podcast to listen to this Bathurst preview, mm. go back through our previous episodes because Bondi's one of the recent ones, and it's a great chat with, with all sorts of bits and pieces. But anyway, get, yeah. get back to the story. So, so he rattles off this list of names of drivers that have won Bathurst when they were 27. Himself, of course, Colin good Bond. Start. Very good start. Peter Brock. It's getting better. Bob Morris. It's getting very good. And the other one that Bondi didn't name that we went back through the data and found, Will Davison. 27, 27 years old for his first Bathurst win. In 2009. And they weren't the only guys that won Bathurst at age 27. In fact, the other, the other people that did, did so together. Um, tell me. Steve Richards and Greg Murphy in 99. 20 years ago. 20 years ago this the, year. The Wins Commodore VT with that unique Gibson Motorsport exhaust system. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Good one. Both age 27. So the youngest driver to win Bathurst remains Rick Kelly. Who was also the second youngest driver to win <laughs> <Yeah>. Bathurst. <laughs> he was 20 in 2003 and he was 21 in 2004. Mm. And the oldest is the man, Jim Richards, 55 in 2002 mm. when he won with Mark Scaife. And, of course, Jim Richards and Mark Scaife have both been on the Sleuth podcast this mm -hmm. year as well. You can listen to those old episodes about some good old Bathurst stories. And just well. like and just like Rick, Jim is also the second oldest driver to win Bathurst. At 51. So that Correct, was in a two-litre yes. race in... 98 in the mm. Volvo S40 with Ricard Rydell, which that was a good race. Yes. I, I know a lot of V8 fans who probably didn't follow the two leaders at the time, but it was an all-day battle between the Volvo S40 of Ricard Rydell and Jim Richards and the Nissan Primera of Steve Richards and Matt Neal. It was an awesome race, and it went all day. There was a couple of seconds between the two cars for six and a half hours. It doesn't matter whether you like five litres or two litres. It was a, race a, a storming race. Bathurst race that's probably overlooked in the history mm. files because of the, the nature of it. Just to finish off the age chat, since we've determined that 32 is the prime age to be, mm -hmm. to be a Bathurst winner, the 32-year-olds in this field? Oh, yes. Is there an omen in this? Maybe. He's 
He's someone that we just talked about, Tim Blanchard. Okay. He's so, 32. He's 32. Um, Chris Pither, Richard Stanley's co-driver, and James Hinchcliffe. Hey, also the mayor. 32. The mayor. Mm. And if we're going back and looking at um, 27-year-olds, Chaz is 27. Yep. And as we know from Richo Jr. and Murphy, they won their second Bathursts at age 27. Chaz has won one, one in the books. Um, other 27-year-olds are Gary Jacobson, Jack LeBrock, Richie Stanaway, uh, Richard Muscat. Uh, Alexander Rossi misses out, however. He just turned just 28. Turned. <laughs> Unlucky. Uh, oh, well, he's out of there. He's, he's, he's got his number. He's got 27 of, on the car. He's got 27 so, on the yeah. car. I was going to say his age and his race number are now out of alignment, so he hasn't quite managed to get that right. We talk about this being the 59th running of the great race at Bathurst. Remember that we count the two races in 97 and 98 for two-litre cars and V8 supercars. Um, don't argue with us on that one. <laughs> I am rock solid. That is absolutely how history should be documented. Agreed. Jim Richards is a seven-time Bathurst 1000 winner, not a six. Um, it's like wrapping the Broncos' 97 Super League Premiership into the NRL record books. See, I'm not a rugby league person, but do they do that? They do. They do. Yeah. Now, isn't that interesting? They don't do that with World Series cricket. Cricket Australia, still to this very day, do not put together the super test in one day data hmm. with the official establishment matches of the period. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we love to just deviate <laughs> into all sorts of sports topics on the V8 Sleuth podcast. Let's keep our super cheap auto Bathurst 1000 preview edition going. Let's look at the field, car hmm. by car, who's who in the zoo and what it all means. We get asked constantly, what's the entry um, for the race? Who's in whose car, what number, where, why and how? Car number two, Scott Pye, Warren Luff with the Walkinshaw and Dreddy United team. The thing that sticks out to me, if this car wins, the person who bought this at auction earlier in the year <laughs> has done a very good thing. Savvy purchase. And bought themselves a Bathurst winning car because it was sold at auction with the deal that when it was finished with Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, that it would go to the owner in whatever livery that they wanted in, not with an engine and bits, mm. but enough Bits to be able to display it, but not to be able Walking to. Walking your shed and saying, here, it's yeah. a Bathurst winner. Ta-da, yeah. look at that. Uh, and you came up with a stat actually earlier in the week while we talked about that. There's only one former Bathurst 1000 winning car in the field this year. That's correct. And it's at Erebus and it's the 99 car of Anton Deepas Quiley and Will Brown. That is the only car, car out of the 26 on the grid that has previously won Bathurst. And of course, did so famously in 2017 with Dave Reynolds and Luke Yulden. So if you go through the Car of the Future era winners, and we, we will get back to our car-by-cars in a second, 2013's winning Pepsi Max, Mark Winterbottom, Steve Richards Falcon, is with Tickford Racing at the moment. It is for sale, looking for a new owner. It is restored to its 2013 Bathurst livery and Meticulously spec. Meticulously restored. Yeah, yeah, correct they, numbers yeah. of bits and all sorts of stuff, full documentation and paperwork. Um if you're interested, give us a call. 2014, <laughs> that car's been restored, the Mostert Morris car for a private collector that owns that car. 2015 and 2018, the two Craig Lowndes winning cars are with Scott Taylor, mm-hmm. Queenslander who um, has those cars. Uh, 2016's Bathurst winning car. That car will actually be in action at will Bathurst, be. Yeah, so that just was not the, in the main race. No, that's right. The techno car of Will Davison and Jonathan Webb is now with Eggleston Motorsport uh, in the Super 2 Series. 2017's winner, as you mentioned, is in the race again for the second or third time in a row now. Uh, and 2018's winning car we mentioned is with Scott Taylor. So um, that's the only former Bathurst 1000 winning car that is in the field. But with Pie and Luff, 
runners-up for two years in a row. Mm. A couple of combos have done that over the years. Uh, Seaton and Lowndes with FPR in 03 and 04. Yep. Uh, Peter Jansen and Larry Perkins, I think, did it a couple of times in a row as well, 79 and 80, uh, Tirana and Commodore. But if Warren Luff, have a listen to the record. This man... This, we I tell, was staggered we when tell I, when you I the found stuff this out, that yeah. no one stops to ponder. Warren Luff's finishing record at Bathurst since 2012. Third, third. Didn't start, remember, with that accident up mm. in turn two with, with Lowndes. Third, DNF, but challenging for the win when Tanda was taken out in the whole McLaughlin Wing Cup chase crash. Mm. Second, second. So he's been on the podium five times in the last seven races, of which he's only been in six of them. Like that's staggering. That's amazing. That is brilliant and underrated and doesn't get enough headlines um, shone on it. But there's an issue here. If he gets another podium but not a win, it ties him for a record he doesn't really probably want. The most podiums without a win in Bathurst 1000 history. Brad that, Jones mm. and Cameron McConville have six apiece but never on the top step. And, of course, Brad Jones is our guest <laughs> for the V8 Sleuth Open Night. How's that for a segue? He's our special guest Thursday night race week at the National Motor Racing Museum. We did a night with Glenn Seaton last year. We did one with Dick Johnson the year before. They've been absolute hits where our guests are really relaxed, really chilled. Um, as Brad says, you can ask any question and I'll answer some of them. <laughs> uh, it's Thursday night from half past seven. You can buy your tickets online uh, through Eventbrite or if you just do a quick search on Google, Brad Jones, V8 Sleuth Open Night, it'll get you to the tickets. Uh, we've still got some on sale um, up to, I think, the start of race week. So we're recording this podcast the week prior to the race but by all means if uh, the website's not letting you buy them or something goes wrong send us a message through social media or, or through our website as well um, we've got bradley primed primed <laughs> Are you for enough? some damn good stories oh. yeah yeah it'll be good fun it'll be good fun um so pine luff car number two yep can they win it it's it you wouldn't have said last year that they were going to finish second or the year before they started 20th and 18th Mm. And Luff's stint in the first stint of 2017 in the wet, when he started against main game oh, drivers, phenomenal. was top-notch. Top-notch. And, you know, he's been doing Carrera Cup this year, so he's been keeping some miles up. I always wonder with these guys who just do the Enduros and are not doing much other racing, where do they fall off the cliff? Where does it get a bit too hard mm. to step up and deliver? But he's delivering. He he's really totally is. delivering. It, or, Bathurst was always one of those places where – that team, oh, like like Adelaide, they just roll up and yeah. they'd be there or thereabouts. Yep, true. And they kind of need to lean on that that form. Need a bit of that going on. Yeah, yeah. Car number three, Gary Jacobs and Dean Fiore steering the Rabble Club Nissan for Kelly Racing. Gary's third start at Bathurst, but he's first as a primary driver, so he gets the thing that they all love: fresh tyres, Friday <laughs> afternoon qualifying, go fast. Eighth in 2017 for him with Jason Bright, 11th last year with Rick Kelly. Been a quiet achiever at Bathurst. They're a good couple of first-up results, and Fiori's really experienced. He probably won't know his way around now that he's not with Michael Caruso. He'll feel <laughs> lost without Robbo. They've been together for the last five years in a row mm. with with Kelly's and, and Nissan, but Fiori's had an eighth and a sixth before the DNF last year, so he's got some good results lately too. So top 15, top 12, I wouldn't be shocked if it's one of those races where some weird stuff happens. Oh, for sure. As we've said, Dean's good around Bathurst and he's got race miles under his belt this year. Remember, he did the first two Super 2 rounds with Eggleston. So he's definitely heading to Bathurst 
not not cold. Yeah, at least. and he's a Carrera Cup round winner up there in the time when Craig Baird won every Carrera Cup race <laughs> yeah. in Australian Series history, just about, and Fonzie absolutely belted them all. Uh, car five, the Bottolo Mustang, Lee Holdsworth, Thomas Randall. Uh, Holdsy's record at Bathurst has been a bit ordinary. Three DNFs from the last five years. He had a really miserable time with Chalish Workout's team up there mm. in the last few years. They just never had it really going on song. Podium finish with Michael Caruso, that was 10 years ago, by mm. a nose over <laughs> Greg Murphy and Mark Scaife in the Sprint Gas Commodore. Um, Holdsworth has qualified in the shootout just once since 2010, and that was in 2015 in that wet shootout mm. uh, in the Walkinshaw car with Sebastian Bourdais, fourth then. Um, so it's easy to forget that... Back in the GRM days, Holdsworth was a gun qualifier. He qualified fourth at Bathurst in 09 and 10 mm. with GRM when he was driving with Caruso and, and David Bernard. But then obviously um, a year with Stones, some years in the Erebus Mercs, they weren't fast enough to be in the 10 mm. at all. So, yeah, more than capable of jumping in the shootout with the equipment that he's got and the form line that we talked about earlier on. Cam Waters, Michael Caruso, car number six, the Monster Energy Mustang GT. Of course, Cam hasn't been to the podium at Bathurst yet, but he was fourth in 2016 with Jack LeBrock. Missed the podium by, by a tiny amount. Not yeah, much yeah. at all. He's qualified sixth for the last two years with mm. Richie Stanaway and David Russell. And you think but- in each of those last two years, that car was a contender. Admittedly, last year, their hopes ended quite early. Yeah. And the previous year, they were right in the thick of it in the closing stage of the race, and unfortunately, it all went wrong. Yeah, it did. Now- there's a thing called Cameron Waters' disease. No one wants to drive with him ever again. <laughs> this is his eighth Bathurst 1000, and it's his eighth different co-driver. Do we blame Do we blame Grant Denyer? Uh, probably. Grant Denyer in 2011, Jesse Dixon in 2012, the, the two years of the Shannon Supercar Showdown. Mm. He didn't do the race in 13. Uh, 14, he was with Jack Perkins. That could have been a top five or six result oh, until yeah. Jack got that penalty late. Yeah. Um, Chaz Mostert, of course, they didn't get to start because that car was destroyed, which, by the way is at the National Motor Racing Museum. Our good mates, Brad Owen and the team up there who are hosting us for our open night. Um, I'm really happy that we were able to do a little bit to help bring the museum and Tickford together to stop that car or the remnants of it from going to the crusher, which it would have otherwise gone to. It's on display, what's left of it. Well, it's a remarkable piece of Bathurst Yeah, history. totally, totally. Like, yeah. Not a good one for Chaz, no. but um, it got him a new car. Bit of an extreme way to do it. In fact, he's driving the same car now that he was in the aftermath from that accident. Mm. So it's probably time he trades in for a, a new one. But I've got a funny feeling he's going to get a new one next year or at least a different <laughs> brand of mm. one anyway. Yes. But, yeah, LeBrock, Stanaway, David Russell. So this is the eighth different co-driver for Cameron mm. in eight Bathurst 1000s. There you go. Must be a Mildura thing. Maybe, maybe. Of course, Caruso's been full-time with um, Nissan for, for quite a few years with the Kellys. He was with GRM for a long time. But he also shared with Grant Denyer, remember the WPS <laughs> car, that they uh, they started near the back, they finished fifteenth. So oh, there you go. And for Caruso, he was with Holdsworth for that last podium in two thousand nine. Mm. That's also his last podium um, at Bathurst. And now, they they vinyl wrapped his his road car. They did remember? too. The Mazda one two one. It yeah, got a, yeah. a wrap. Remember that was a unique GRM livery that they ran that weekend, mm. and uh, they replicated it on Robbo's <laughs> Mazda one two one road car. Uh, I think he's updated. From that these days. We'd hope so. I'd hope so. Uh, car number seven, the plus fitness Nissan Altima of Andre Heimgartner and Bryce Fullwood, the Super 2 Series points leader heading into Bathurst. And he could actually wrap that sucker up mm. at Bathurst. Um, 
Heimgarter, ninth in 2017 with Tim Slade, uh, 16th with Aaron Russell last year in the Nissan team. This was a guy, remember, that turned up as a wild card with Super Black with Ant Pedersen. They finished 11th in mm. 14. He's had a great year, podium at Phillip Island earlier in the year. Uh, he's 12th in the series. He's the best performed Nissan driver. Like consistently the, the best performed. Yeah, absolutely. Between absolutely. So. I think they're a bit of a, a top 10 chance. Well, it's the same formula as what they did with Crusoe and Fiore the last few years where the co-drivers spent Super 2 racing basically the same car that they'll race in the Enduros. Mm. And Forward's proven to be really handy in the Altima, which he showed at the end of 2017 when he hopped into one and all of a sudden started posting his best results in the category. Uh, let's keep going through the car by car. Number eight, Nick Perkat, Tim Blanchard in the 7-Eleven Mobile. Commodore from Brad Jones Racing, of course, Perkat, the winner in 2011 on his first go uh, in the great race. Tim Blanchard steps out of the full-time drive. He's now back in a co-driving role that he had when he first appeared in supercars. Uh, he's done a little bit of wildcard racing this year in the main game yeah. and in Super 2 with that Patronus uh, Valtteri Blanchard livery yeah. that he carried <laughs> there for a while. Uh, I, I like... I, I like this combo. I like. Mm. Uh, I've got a soft spot for Brad Jones Racing and Bathurst that they've never won it. Uh, it's the number eight car. It's got the JR Star on it because he was a star at Bathurst as well. There's a whole pile of things of why this would be a cool car to win in my mind. But they are a genuine. If, they're, if they're not the best top, chance yeah. for BJR. Oh, absolutely. Yep, definitely. Uh, Blanchard 18th last year sharing with Dale Wood in a cool drive car and Nick with Macaulay Jones 7th from 7th on the grid last year. And number don't forget, nine, Blanchard is the right age. He's 32. Mm. It is the age. Uh, number 9, David Reynolds, Luke Yulden back together for the third year in a row. Pulse hitters last year, race winners the year before. We've already covered off that. Yeah. Bar- barring them. some disaster, they should They'll be, be contenders. There. They'll be there. Yeah. They'll be there or thereabouts. Of course, with David Reynolds, um, we talked about his uh, fastest laps. Remember, he's a two-time pole sitter at oh, Bathurst. Yeah. 2015, he got pole in the wet. Mm. It was the $25,000 pole that year. He got yes. himself a nice little fine for dropping a little bit of uh, media chit-chat Same out there yes. through the press conference. But I find Luke Yulden highly interesting. So, And it's going to be covered in one of our questions, actually. But coming into uh, Bathurst for his 20th Bathurst, every year there since 2000, he has never, ever, ever been a full-time main game driver, ever. He's been in Super 2 a couple of times over the years. He's been a co-driver for some big teams. He started at Larry Perkins in a second car. He was with Russell Ingle at Stone Brothers when he when Russell won the championship. Mm. He's been at Ford Performance Racing with the likes of Winner Bonham and Will Davison. Um, he had a brief return to Stones with Van Gisbergen. He was at Brad Jones and Penske's with Fabian Coulthard for a couple of years, and now he's found a happy home with the, the self-proclaimed yeah. bunch of misfits that Erebus Motorsport are. Um, his longevity is fantastic. You don't get 20 Bathurst starts in that position and that role if you're no good, and his record's really good. A winner, he's had a third with Steve Allery, a fourth with Fabian in 2015, a fourth with Russell in 2006, a fifth with Russell in 2005. This is a guy that doesn't race during no. the year. No. It's stunning that he can keep doing this. He's an unsung hero of supercar racing. Well, you think back to 2017 when they won, when they won his stints in the wet against the main he guys. He had to go for longer than they probably would have expected him to drive mm, for. Absolutely. Did a nice job. Absolutely. So, I always wonder with these guys who is there a year where the form drops? 
mm. where they can't quite do what they used to be able to do. But if they're in good cars, they can still do the job. Absolutely. Uh, Car 12, we sort of talked about Feynman Coulthard and Tony Delberto. Uh, this is their third year in a row together with Penske's, but their fourth time together given that they were there uh, with Tasman. Fabian's been a, a, a shootout appearance man in four of the last five years at Bathurst, but he's not been higher than fourth. Mm. Last year was not one of those years. 15th. They struggled with a transaxle issue for a lot of the weekend as well. Mm. Which hampered them a little. And they're driving the same chassis that they drove last year. Remember that in the off-season, his car was recloaked from a Falcon FGX to a Mustang GT for this year. Mm. Car 14, uh, Tim Slade, Ash Walsh, Freightliner, car from Brad Jones Racing. They're together. Well, they're, they're together for what really is their fourth year in a row, but it, it's sort of their third year of those yeah. four because remember that Ash had injuries and he practised um, a couple of years ago in 2017, but he just... He actually practiced in the sister car, but he, he wasn't able to race, and Andre Heimgartner took his place. Um, Tim Slade's got a seventh thing going at Bathurst. He's been seventh three times, but has never finished any higher. And I can't imagine, given the way that his season's gone, that's going to change. It's unfortunate. You think back to 2016 when that car was right in the thick of the battle for the lead early, and then they had that, that the brake, brake issue. And they went a lap down or two yeah, laps down. Yeah, and that just... That- that ruined things. They got them. to seventh, which yeah. was the magic position there. Mm. But they finished seventeenth in the race last year. They had a, had a, a puncture pretty, right at the end. Yeah, that just finished them off. Yeah, right and sure to be honest. Um, Ash Walsh, of course, he's been there since 2013. He was with DJR for a couple of years with uh, Timmy Blanchard and and Scott Pye, and then a year with Erebus with Jack LeBrock in the Merc. And then he's been a, a bit of a, a faithful at Brad Jones Racing. His fourth year in a row with them. Car 15. Rick Kelly, Dale Wood, the Castrol, Nissan Altima. It's been a rough year for Rico. 17th in the championship. He's not the best Nissan, which, you know, by and large, you would expect him to be the best Nissan over the course of a championship season. And Bath has been a tough, tough place. When I look at the numbers here, He's been uh, the guy qualifying his car at Bathurst since we went to the you-can't-team-up-with-your-teammate thing in 2010. Hasn't made the shootout in yeah. a decade. The last shootout he made, the three years prior to when we had the old rule, he didn't do the driving for qualifying. Um, and remember that he actually had to dip out when his car was damaged when in, Paul Radisich was behind the wheel. So, yeah, he was third in 2006 in the Toll HSV car. Um but that's just goes to show you that the Nissans at the mountain for outright pace, just they not. haven't had it the whole time and they're not going to have it again this year. What do you think of their best results across both qualifying and in the race itself? In 14, when James Moffat and Taz Douglas got on the podium, that was quite a freakish race. Mm. I mean, that car crashed twice and made it to the podium. <laughs> he could win and crash on that day, though. Yeah. Moffat, I can't. I have a feeling another Nissan made the shootout in 15, but James Moffat definitely did. That was the year where qualifying was delayed till Saturday morning because, because of Chaz's of the, yeah, crash, exactly. and then it rained halfway through the session. That's right. Yeah, good fun. Yeah. So, But unfortunately, and at the back end of last year's race, Rick was running in the top 10 and just was hanging on for dear life mm, and mm. was powerless to stop Jamie Wincup, who was charging back from having lost that wheel well, since they swapped, back past. Since they swapped to Nissan's, Rick's Bathurst results are... 19, 8, 16, DNF with Russell Ingle, 13, 11. That's a so shame. It's been you, a rough, rough run. Well, you look at last year, Rick's last year was arguably one of his best years as a driver. Mm. 
mm. when you look at what he achieved with the equipment with the equipment that he has. Yeah, and that's I, not a slide on Kelly Racing. I, that's I'd a love to on, see him in a Mustang or a Commodore next year. Wouldn't it be I, good? I I reckon we everyone's forgot that Rick Kelly can drive and mm. he can drive. Uh, Dale Wood, his co-driver, he's been going great in Porsche career a couple the last couple of years. He looks like he's found a happy place in his world yeah. with all that stuff. Um, a well-matched was, combo. Yeah, he was fourth, remember, in 2017 with Chris Pither. Two Erebus cars mm. in the top four that uh, weekend. He was with Tim Blanchard at Brad Jones Racing last year. He's been around a while, Woody, mm. now. 2008 he first appeared with Tasman Motorsport with the Sprint Gas cars with uh, Mark Noski and... Uh, He's one of those guys that you know you expect to see him pop up somewhere in a ride every year. Uh, his best Bathurst result is that fourth with with Pitha from a couple of years ago. Number seventeen, Scott McLaughlin, Alexandre Premier. That is the French in me a little coming out. Um, Twenty five years mm. since DJR slash DJRTP as it now is has won the great race at Bathurst. The last time there was a Mustang in a race at Bathurst in the 1000, 1986 with Dick Johnson. When they finished fourth. With Greg or, Hansford. Or third, if you believe Jill Johnson's lap chart. <laughs> Let's not get into that yes. one. <laughs> Scott McLaughlin has made the shootout every year at Bathurst that he's qualified the car. In four of the last five years, he's qualified in the top three. Mm. Volvo, Falcon, Mustang, he'll be there. He'll oh, be there or sure. thereabouts. Podium last year with Prema. Prema's had two podiums from the last three years up there because, remember, he was runner-up with Van Gisbergen in 16. Mm. He's, he's, he's one of the guys that worries me mm. in terms of not – yes, he's doing a bit of racing during the year, but not in anything like what we've got here. He's made a few mistakes in recent years, but they've been able to get away with them. And I reckon he's great. I reckon Prema is fantastic mm. because he races – with that European mindset of racing, yeah. not cruising. Goes for it, yeah. Um, Remember, his move a, on Paul Dumbrell yeah. last year on the Gold Coast, he just went for it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one little thing that I think, oh, it just takes one little moment. And don't forget, in last year's race, they had two little moments. Both of them sprayed it at the chase. And one of them, not sure which, bent the car. Mm. And that's why that car didn't have the ultimate pace to run with the two leaders, well, well Reynolds and Lowndes the back end of the race. The fact is they're going to be in the mix. They're in the top three or four for a win, a pole, a podium. McLaughlin's clearly clicked into that place. Mm. And all year, that team, the focus is, yes, to win the championship. But Bathurst is mega important to Dick Johnson, to Roger Penske, to Ryan's story. Mm. Dick, because he's defined by it. Roger, because it's the only thing that matters in world motor racing that he hasn't won. (laughs) And Ryan, because it would be the cherry on the cake of all the work and effort he's put in for six years to have this team go from nearly shut to dominating. All year at their workshop, and I saw this when we went to talk to Dick about his history of cars for the book that we're working on. We'll plug that later. That there were signs up there inspiring the crew and reminding them about Bathurst. Mm. It has been in their brain and mindset and focus all year. It's not like they just clicked onto it a month ago. It's mega important. I mean, it's mega important every year, but it's mega, mega important this year because, remember, they've ticked the box on the championship. They've been close. They've had a car on the podium the last two years, Mm. but really... Not a, not in that absolute fight for the win right at the very end. 
Like in 17, it was a freakish grain of sand in a vat that was cast into a valve that caused a failure in car 17. The car that had been the fastest on the mountain all weekend, just not on the right day. Mm. And last year, again, on the podium, you look back to 2016, I'll still argue that Fabs and Luke Yulden probably could have or should have won that race, or they were certainly in with a chance on with the strategy Go that they'd chosen until, of course, the um, Win Cup. McLaughlin Tander incident mm-hmm. thing. They're a team that has, as you've said, won a championship. They've won every other award, every other race you could try and win in supercars, most of them this year. And Scotty has, as we've talked about the championship, he has a 598 point lead heading into this weekend. You are not going to get any better position as a championship leader. To go for it. Exactly. I, I don't subscribe to the thing though. That the drivers drive around at five tenths, fearful for their championship at Bathurst. Oh, I don't think anyone would. They'll they, always they, go, they at go 10 for tenths. it. It's a fallacy, and we get presented with it constantly on socials. By and we've, I think we've had questions asking, "Do you think Scotty's going to go for it at Bathurst?" They go for it every year. Well, it is the to, biggest, yeah. most important race. With all due respect to all the others, in comparison. If you could pick one to win, forget comparing Bathurst and the championship. If you could win one race in the year, it's that one. Every day of the week. So they all go there. They all put their best foot forward. Watch those last 30 laps of the last five years Mm. and tell me that they're racing for their championship. Well, that move in 2016 that Wincup put on McLaughlin that we've seen millions and millions of times, Jamie was a title contender that year. It's all about the race. It's about that race. Yeah. Forget the championship. That that takes care of itself down the track. But if you won the championship and you had a chance to win Bathurst but coughed it up, it's got a little thing niggling in your gut. But yeah. it depends on what you value more, and everyone's a little bit different. Uh, Car 18, Erwin Commodore, let's keep it bouncing. Mark Winterbottom, Steve Richards, back together for Band the first time together. since 2013 when they won together for Ford Performance Racing. Of course, Richo is the defending Champion. Can't do it with Craig Lowndes this year. No. Split from him. We, it, we talked about ages before. He is 10th on the list of oldest drivers to win the race, courtesy of that win last year. So if he wins again here, he might sneak his way a bit further up that list. Yeah. It is his 27th great race start. Remember, he did both the V8 and the two-litre races in that era, so that's why his number's a little bit further mm. um, than perhaps you know, Lowndes is, even though Richo started a year after him. But now with... Start number 27, if he makes it to the grid and they don't have any dramas, and I haven't just jinxed them by saying that, <laughs> there are just three, three drivers in the history of the race with more starts than Steve. One of them's his dad. He'll be racing a long time to get to there. Peter Brock, Colin Bond. Yeah. That's stunning. Mm. And even if you take out the two years that he did two races, he's at 25 years. Yeah. Stunning stuff. Um, and when you look at his period back to 2007 when he was with FPR. He drove with Winterbottom every year bar one when he was with James Moffat. And then when he was with Lowndes at Triple Eight for five years, he drove with Lowndes the whole Mm. time. So he's back with a guy that he's unbelievably familiar with. They came close a few times. They were fourth in 2008 together. Uh, They were fourth again in 2011 when Richo had become a co-driver in that role. I remember in 07, like when Frosty had that massive moment at the chase in the wet. He was gonna, leading. Are you going to do the crumped, the crumped nah, commentary? No, nah, my voice won't huge, take that. Huge, huge <laughs> off at the chase. There you go. Something <laughs> the like race that. has gone off. It, it had gone off. It had gone off. Um, they're faded a little bit, the Irwin team, but 
you got to think that they've got a triple eight tie and they've got a triple eight car. And they finally used their test days back to back. Yeah, so I think we might see a little bit more from them when we get to the mountain. You just can't buy that sort of experience that those two bring. And the- Richo and Richo is definitely race fit. He's been racing in Carrera Cup all year. Yeah, he's had a really crappy year in Carrera yeah. Cup. A crash in Adelaide has just not been a contender all year, but this can just change your year if you Absolutely. go good in the supercar endurance It'll races. make the truck drive home a lot more fun. Exactly. <laughs> uh, next car, Will, number 19, Techno Commodore, Jack LeBrock, Jonathan Webb. It's no secret that that is not a happy relationship and marriage. There were stories earlier in the year about Jack not ending up in that car after a few rounds. It's clear he will not be there at the end of the year. Uh, this is a team that in 2016 won the race, mm. and now they are just not even in the conversation of a top 10, top 15. It's been a rapid decline. They've become largely irrelevant to supercars racing. A little harsh, but they've been tail end Charlie's. Do they continue next year? Do they front up and spend some money and upgrade their car and sign up a young up-and-coming driver, or do they just decide to do something else? I'm not sure, but uh, they're not in the conversation of a – Competitive it would be top a five remarkable or top turn of events. It would take something amazing for them to suddenly... Um, it's not like LeBrock's a guy with no talent. He knows no, what he's, he's doing clearly, with a race car. He's better than that car is allowing yeah. him to show, and he deserves to be in a better car sometime in the future. So we'll see what he's capable of if that can happen down the track. But number 19 is not one that we would be putting any money on to uh, be up the front. 21, Macaulay Jones and Dean Canto in the cool drive car. Uh, Dean Canto, after that long run with Tickford, FPR, PRA, he went through all the name changes nice. with them, actually. Um <laughs> First time at Bathurst in a Commodore since 2007 with GRM and Lee Holdsworth. Bad news with Dino. He has the worst finishing rate record of any driver at Bathurst in the current field for the guy for the amount of starts he's done. Mm. 45% finishing rate, only 9 of 20 times. But when he when he finishes, he tends to finish all right. Mm. Second in 2012 with Dave Reynolds, uh, a sixth with Reynolds in 15, a seventh with Luke Yulin in 08, a fifth in 01 with Jim Richards back in the Ford Tickford car. There was that year with Reynolds, remember, that that Dave crashed in qualifying and they started down the back and got to the front and the alternator packed up and they they didn't finish. Macca Jones, Dean Canto on their day if things go right, top 10, top 12? Entirely possible. Yep, Okay. 22, James Courtney, Jack Perkins, dirty year for JC, mm. uh, 14th in the championship. He's last Bathurst with the Walkinshaw team before he moves on to new pastures next year. Jack Perkins brings a pile of experience, but last year they were the first retirements uh, from the race. They were quick that weekend. Yeah, remember Courtney were... made the shootout with a wild lap in qualifying. And remember that Courtney was running in the early stages with... C. Lowndes. Correct, mm. correct. So... Uh, it's been a miserable run at Bathurst for James Courtney. Remember that he missed the race in 15 after those injuries at Sydney Motorsport Park. He's failed to finish three of his last five starts there, and his two other finishes were 13th places. So he hasn't really had any luck go his way in recent times. Uh, Jack Perkins has been doing a little bit here and there to keep his eye in, but um, this is there. Well, Jack's been with that team now for a while, since 2015. So he's been a good, solid, reliable pair of hands for them. Uh, you'd have to think this is probably their last Bathurst as a combination, unless things change for next year and Jack follows him wherever he goes, or who knows, you yeah. never know, but it's their their last one at the Walkinshaw team. Wouldn't be shocked if James is in the shootout up there and pulls a lap out, um, as we said, with Pine Luff. Yeah, you never know. You yeah. never know. 23, 
Davo brothers, uh, Will and Alex, Milwaukee Mustang. Uh, Will's had a couple of ordinary runs at Bathurst since he won in uh, 2016. Hasn't been the shootout at the mountain since 2013. Oh, wow. Last time he was there in a fall. Of course. Yeah. Last with, one with uh, FPR. The Pepsi Max team since then. He's been in the Erebus Mercs. Even when he won with Techno, he started 17th. Alex Davison, his co-driver, uh, they've been together three of the last four years at Bathurst. Actually, three of the last five years because Alex... So anyway, I'll explain it. Mm. 14, they drove together in the Erebus Mercedes. They finished fourth by a nose. Remember that they were not far behind Percat, who got the last podium spot there um, in that one. Uh, 15, they were together with the Erebus Merc. Alex didn't do 16. He was with Alex Rulo with Lucas Dumbrell's team in 17. And then last year, they had a miserable run and just, their car wasn't a contender at all. Mm. Uh, and they were 19th. James Hinchcliffe, Alexander Rossi, car 27. It's the first time in a decade that number 27's been used in the Bathurst 1000. Wildcard, Napa Auto Parts, Walkinshaw Andretti United. Testing ended up in the fence, but that's no shock, really. A lot of much more experienced guys have made the exact same mistake. True. So, a, a car park at turn four, back it in. Exactly. I'm pretty sure Chaz Mostert was leading a race when he did that. He did. Mm. Lee Holdsworth got himself knocked out there one year when oh, yeah. he went in at turn four. Better than Cameron McConville ending up on his lead. That's true. Lansvale car. Back to these guys. Yeah. Rossi, Indy 500, winner of 16. He's the third driver to have competed in both the Indy 500 and the Bathurst 1000, but he's only the second to make his Bathurst debut as an Indy 500 winner, mm. which Johnny Rutherford was when he came out in 77 with Janet Guthrie in the Tirana A9X with Bob Morris's team. Will Power drove in 2002 with Mark Larkham, but then, of course, he won the Indy 500 later last mm. year with Team Penske. So uh, Rossi, who won the 100th running in 16, and his co-driver is the guy that got the pole yeah. in James Hinchcliffe. So between them, they've got 13 IndyCar Series race wins. They are high-profile guys in the IndyCar Series in the States. This is a big, big task. But I can't help but think back to Ekstrom and Prio. Mm. Prio had been to Bathurst a few times and driven V8s a bit. Hinchcliffe's driven V8s before, but not the current generation no. car. He did the Gold Coast 2012 with GRM. I would not be shocked if they finished in the top 15. That's what I was going to say, top half of the field. Um, one interesting, other interesting thing to come out of their testing is Alex Rossi said the whole right-hand drive change gear with the left thing wasn't an issue for him, mm. which is a very good thing to be saying heading to hanging to a place where you have to run very close to the walls and know exactly where you're putting the car. How, how quick these guys get up to speed will dictate how well, it's an obvious statement, but it'll dictate how well they go in the race. And if it's wet in the lead up, that's going to hurt them. I think it's great that they're here. I think it's fantastic that Walkinshaw and Jody United have put this program together. We miss that international flavour for the mm. 1,000. We get it for the 12-hour every year without a problem, but the 1,000s missing it, and it was a, such a highlight of the 80s and mm. the late 70s of who was coming. Uh, didn't mean they were all good, but <laughs> these guys are, if you were to pluck, there's only a handful of other guys in that IndyCar series that are of their ilk that you would say that are like for like to, to bring them out, you know, Dixon and Power, mm. probably Pagano as well, but these two guys are... Highly credentialed. I think it's cool that they're here. Anyone who's saying, oh, can't they give a young guy a go? Well, this, well, you go find the money. You go exactly, do it. Yeah. So it's only going to work in this scenario. The car they're driving is a car with more Bathurst experience than they do. <laughs> it is one of the original Car of the Future chassis that Walkinshaw built way back when for 2013, which was Tony Delberto's high flex car 
Percat finished on the podium in 2014 in it. Oh, this car has an IndyCar link, doesn't it? Sebastian Bourdais yeah. drove it with Lee Holdsworth with Walken Shaws in 15, and then it was run by Courtney and Perkins last year, converted to a ZB. So it's done a few Bathurst before it heads up there. Of course, the amount of original metal in it now compared to when it was built is um, highly... Don't dent the resale value. No, that's right. 33, Boost Mobile, GRM, Richie Stanaway and Chris Pither. We know that Richie's had a... Uh, a delayed season. Mm. Um, Chris Pith has been doing TCR with GRM. Has had a really bad year. Has had the odd glimmer of hope, but has just had things go wrong with the Renault Megane. Uh, he's got a nice Bathurst record. 12th with Stanaway. Remember, they've driven together before in the Super Black car. Uh, fourth with Dalwood with Erebus in 17. Uh, sixth with Garth Tander for GRM last year. He's a good, safe, reliable pair of hands with a level head. Stanaway... I don't know what we're going to get from Richie Stanaway at Bathurst. If those those cars have been not competitive for the guts of the year, yeah. But Bathurst is different. I'd love to see them get a result. I think they've had a really bad year. The whole team in Absolutely. Supercars Land. So they, they need something like this. They they, they, that, they like need that. it. Yeah. And where does Boost go? Where's GRM going? We'll see. Let's see if Gary does a rain dance. Oh, let's hope not, because it's probably in really bad outfit. 34, James Golding, Richard Musket. They were the quiet achievers last year. They, really they were. finished eighth, which was a stunning job, and two GRM cars in the top eight, which hadn't happened for a long, long time. And but for an airbox fire in qualifying, would have Beebs, been would have made the, Beebs would have made the shootout. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. But those cars then versus now, they have between mm. that event and now, they're a whole different there are 15 to 20 car yeah, on average over the course of the year. 35, Todd Hazelwood and Jack Smith. Jack's one of six Bathurst 1000 debutantes. He's been there before in Super 2, though, don't forget. Uh, but this is his first go in the main game. Uh, we've sort of covered them before mm. in what we, we mentioned, so we'll move on from them. 55, Chaz Mostert and James Moffat, super cheap auto Mustang. Of course, Moffat in a Mustang in the Bathurst <laughs> 1000 has mm. never happened before. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? There was a Moffat in a Mustang at the Bathurst 1000, but not, in the, not race. in the race. Yeah, Alan Moffat drove a Dick Johnson one for television, mm. and he was never going to drive it in the race. So uh, Mostert and Moffat, it's a good combo. I like it. Fourth last year. Uh, Chaz, of course, the winner in 2014 with Paul Morris, the dude. Um, Do you a bit of luck? Yeah, probably has you know he's third in the championship. Remember, coming mm. into this weekend at Bathurst, he's within touching distance of Van Gisbergen. You know what? If McLaughlin has a bad one at Bathurst and Van Gisbergen has an ordinary one, and Mostert leaps in there, if McLaughlin gets the stumbles, Mostert, it's not over. Mostert might be able to pick up a P two yeah. in the championship here. Or you know, there's not much to go in terms of the points, but. You never know. Uh, 56, the cousins, Kostecki, Brody <laughs> and Jake, in the converted X. Now, they're in an X888 car converted from VF to ZB. It is the Craig Lounge Steve Richards car from Bathurst 2014 that ran in the Air Force livery that was harpooned by Warren Luff, who had no brakes in that Saturday morning practice, and then mm. Lounsey tagged the back of Winterbottom late in the race coming out of turn two and got himself a drive through. That's the car they'll be driving. They're not going to disgrace themselves. I think they'll no. be fine. Boost Mobile backing for those guys. Rob Crawford's their team manager, ex-Holden Racing team manager. Been there, done it. Jason Gray is a really solid engineer. He's been a winner with FPR and Mark Winterbottom before. They've got the right people, got good mm. gear. 
And Brody's proven he's very quick. Brody's good. Yeah, two yeah. round wins in Super 2 last year. Uh, he's done really good things. Uh, Jake gets his go in the 1,000 as well. Mm. So uh, Kurt Kostecki, his brother, yet to make a Bathurst 1,000 start, but I'm sure somewhere down the track that'll happen. And don't forget that this isn't Kostecki Brothers Racing's first Supercars Championship appearance either. They raced as a wildcard yeah. entrant at a couple of rounds last year. Uh, Ipswich being being one of them, but mm. they've never done Bathurst, which Correct, is a whole yes. other level. They've done the 250 in, I think there was a bit of Kostecki takeout there last year where a couple of them whacked in. There was too. Think, was it Brody and Jake at turn one? Jake was definitely involved. I remember the haircut. <laughs> He's had a haircut since. <laughs> he has had a tune-up yeah. on the hair. Uh, 78, Simona Di Silvestro and Alex Rullo in the Harvey Norman Nissan. Of course, um, Simona, first two years at Bathurst as a wild card, and she's been a full-timer ever since. 14th in two of the last three years, but 17 when she DNF. She was a top 10 runner before she crashed, coming mm. on to pit stripe. Uh, Alex Rullo's had a, a quiet year, a little bit of TCR with Kelly's in an Astra, but that program came to an end. Hasn't been doing a great deal else, but... Check his finishing record at Bathurst. 15th and 14th, last two years. 100% finishing record. Not quite Alex Davison's spec of doing 14 of well, them. Well, no. But you've still got to keep got finishing to to when end. you do it. 97, Van Gisbergen and Tanda. We've kind of talked about those guys. Van Gisbergen has not got this race on his resume hmm. yet. Got a feeling he's in that age profile window for uh, for winning it. And, so. ta- and like, we know Tanda's an absolute gun. And yep. he's got he's got seat time in race cars this year. Yep, he's had he does. plenty of race, racing miles under his belt. Yep, bit of Audi TCR, bit of GT racing. Uh, he'll switch back into gear. Uh, my fast fact for Shane Van Giersbergen, he has the best current streak of making the shootout at Bathurst. He's made every shootout at Bathurst dating back to and including 2011. Wow. But one pole, no other front rows. Pole in 2014 with Techno. But that's the best he's done. He's not been on the front row of any of the others. Five, three, four, one, six, seven, five, four. That's interesting. So he gets in at mm. Bathurst, but he hasn't been able to do anything with it, generally apart from that 14 year, which is the year he led mm. up to the last pit stop and the, the thing wouldn't go and he didn't go. Uh, 99, Anton Di Pasquale and Will Brown qualified amazingly third last year. Then had uh, the door come open on the opening And then line. it all went wrong in the race, yeah. and then Anton crashed late in the race up at the top of the mountain. They patched it up. They finished 24th. I reckon, actually, now that I think more about my dark horse. It's not a bad shout. Anton is 11th in the championship coming into the weekend. So a good result here. He's instantly rocketing into the 10. Hmm. Dark horse for a podium. All better. The car will be fast. Yeah. If nine is fast, 99 will be fast. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Uh, and triple eight, Jamie Winkup, Craig Lowndes, back together for the first time since 2009. Now, I've seen it reported this week that they're back together for the first time since they won. That's not right. They won three years in a row, mm. but then they finished fifth in 2009 in the FG Falcon Team Vodafone car. So, what's that? In the Hogster. Oh, sorry, yes. The Hogster yes. Falcon with the Hogsbreath logo uh, on the front. Uh, Lowndes... First time he hasn't qualified a car at Bathurst since 2008 because wow. Winkup did the qualifying that year. But every year he was given the duties to qualify his car at Bathurst, he made the shootout, whether it was a top 10 uh, or a top 15. But remember, he won the race last year from ninth on the grid. He won in 2015 from 15th on the grid. Again, so that wet session. You yeah. can win it from anywhere, but you've got to do the job. So I do have, a qu- I do have one question mark, though, and it goes back to... Race miles hasn't done any. He hasn't, not in not in anything. The only lap he's done laps 
He's done co-driver test days, sessions, and co-driver days. sessions. But he's but when it comes to racing, yeah. door-to-door, wheel-to-wheel, making moves, and it's important for co-drivers to be able to pass cars in this race. So is this where you feel that no 500k enduro beforehand might trip a few people over? I think it might. You you think back to the co-driver races at Sandown. You think back to the actual the big race at Sandown when it was the first enduro. You see the odd mistake. You'd see the odd tangle. You'd see the odd moment where a co-driver, even one of the main drivers, just makes a little bit of a mistake that they otherwise wouldn't have. So you normally find that the primary drivers are on the track with the primary drivers and the co-drivers with the coeys. Hmm. This year you've got guys like Lowndes and Tander and Caruso who are now probably going to be on the track with guys that they generally aren't on the track with and weren't in previous years. Hmm. That's always an interesting element of... Different drivers know what they can expect from other drivers that they race 32 times a year. Exactly. But if you're up against a bunch of co-drivers who, I've never raced that guy, I've barely raced that guy, I'm not quite mm. sure what that guy's going to do. Will that That's guy something for everybody the, yeah. to, to bear in mind. So yeah. all sorts of talking points heading into this year's great race, even though, um, again, it would appear that the Holdens have now got the pace that they need. You can't discount the Mustangs. Uh, the you can't discount a car that has won no. Almost every race this year. That's right. That's right. But this place and this race is completely different mm. and it throws up some of the weird and wacky stuff that we've probably not even dreamt up that is possible, is possible when we get there. Um, when we get to Mount Panorama this year, we've got a really great presence at the mountain. So if you're coming to Bathurst, there's a few chances to catch up with the V8 Sleuth team. We've got our open night on Thursday night at the National Motor Racing Museum. Brad Jones is our special guest. Jump online. Buy your tickets, go to eventbrite.com.au, search for our Brad Jones event, or have a Google. You'll find the link. It's really, really easy. We'll have the bookshop open in the car display in the paddock at Mount Panorama for the four days event that Will is going to man. So come and chat to him, tell him how good the books are, and buy some books. We'll have the new 500 Championship Race Wins for Commodore photo book that uh, is just being released. Uh, we'll have the 2018 Bathurst Annual. We'll have the Ford at Bathurst book with a photo of every single car from every single year from 63 to 2018. And guess what we've got, Will, for that book? What do we have? If you're a podcast listener, <laughs> we have a discount code for you. So here's what you do. Go to v8sleuth.com.au, click on the Store tab, and that'll take you to our online store. Go to the Ford at Bathurst book with the number 17 Johnson Bow Shell FAI Falcon on the front cover. Go to the checkout and enter this code, Ford Book 10, F-O-R-D-B-O-O-K-1-0. It'll give you a 10% discount. Of course, though, if you come to Bathurst, we can't offer you the discount at the track. If you say, if you say it to me, unfortunately, I cannot compute it. No, but... If you want to order it and you don't want to have to carry it around with you at Bathurst, and when you get back from Bathurst, there's your book ready to go in your hot hand to sit there and flick through, you can do that. So that is our special offer to our V8 Sleuth podcast listeners exclusive, and we'll also have some copies of our Holden at Bathurst book with a photo of every Holden through the race from 63 to 2017 that we released in time for last year's race. We are sold out of that book in our warehouse. We don't have any more copies but we've managed to secure a couple of extra ones from some of our suppliers um, and our stockists that had initially acquired them, but we've reacquired them <laughs> so we can bring them to Bathurst for you. Perfect thing to get at the track to get signed by drivers. Just don't ask anyone who's done 20 Bathurst in a Holden to sign all 20 of the photos in the book of their car. They'll be there all day. <laughs> right, questions. 
Q&A. Yeah. I've got a feeling that there's a few here and it might take us a little while, but let's slam into them and see how we go. All right, straight into it. From Carl, in your opinion, what is the best lap that has ever been seen at the mountains so far in history and why? And what would take it to what would it take to beat that as the new best lap ever, considering the likes of Murphy's Lap of the Gods, Scotty's shootout lap, Brock's lap record on the oh. last lap in 79? I'm going to think of this a little differently, though. Hmm? I don't think of it as a single lap by a single car. Mm. I'm, when I when you ask me what's the greatest lap, uh, I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah, what's the lap that got me on the edge of my seat? What's what's the lap that had the drama? It's 2014's last lap. It's Mostert and Wing Cup. Mm. I think that's the greatest lap. But I can see what the the meaning of the question is a little more intended to be. <laughs> That's going, to make it, that's going to make it harder for me to roll out. Yeah, no, it was Murph's lap of the gods. But no, that's an excellent point. Because back when I worked at Fox, of course, we had access to all the um, extra vision from that year that I, all the different camera angles with no commentary. Are you talking about McLaughlin? No, no. Um, Murphy? Well, well, no, no, I'm talking about um, oh, that I, 2014 Right. Yeah. We did have the ones for Scotty's lap and it was really cool. But for 2014, the onboard with Jamie Wincup, where you can just hear the engine sound and you're- and you all of a sudden hear it cut mm. coming out, coming down Conrod. Mm. It's just, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Single lap, the greatest lap of Bathurst. Is it the lap of the gods? I think Is so. it the McLaughlin lap? The Is Ma- it the Brock last lap, lap record 79? That was cheeky. That was, that was good, so cheeky. So good, but so cheeky. Uh, can I put one in there that I think is severely underrated? Mm-hmm. And I talked about two leaders earlier. Rickard Rydell's pole lap at Bathurst in 1998, two mm. minute 14.92 in a front wheel drive, five cylinder, normally aspirated, 310 horsepower, whatever those things were, to do a 14.9. Holy heck. He was a gun. He and was an time, He was gun. the gun at the time because he was the reigning British touring car champion in the best car. Mm which there was always a best car every year in Super Touring, the Volvo S40 that year. And he was a good was qualifier too. And he was a gun. Well. Yeah, yeah, he was a gun. And they spent big. Volvo went hard. Really sticky Michelin tyres. Go and find a copy of it. It was really good. It was mm. really good. Really good. What What else is next? Next question. From Adam. 2014 Bathurst 1000, the red flag where there was some confusion with teams working on cars under the red. Is that rule specific to supercars or yep. was it changed? As in most cases, you can't do that. I don't like it. No, I don't think it I reckon does. if the race stops, you don't touch anything. Yeah. Gave us something to talk about. It did. But Gave I us something like to look at in that 60-minute yeah, sixty minute gap I, I, when I we were going to the bathroom yeah, or eating half-time oranges. I don't like it. No, I agree. Totally agreed. That would have changed the complexion of that race. Should not be allowed to touch the cars. Park them up, put a, uh, a cover over the windscreen if the driver wants to stay in it and not get too hot. Otherwise, you should be allowed to touch it, do anything with it, change anything, fiddle with anything. I don't hmm. like it. Don't like it. What's next? Michael, what is the most successful driver pairing never to win the great race? I guess that's a little bit of how do you determine that one? Is it the pairing that's finished runners-up most times without winning? Yeah, I guess. Well, or has has had the- What's, what's the best combo that's not won? Yeah. Brock and Scaife? Yeah. It's a pretty good combo that didn't win. Mm. Um, I'd say Michael's asking in terms of- Six, they've actually got on the got on the podium or had multiple races together and done well at Bathurst, but not won the race. Brad Jones and John Bow, yeah, had a couple of podiums for BJR. Uh, 
It's a tough question. Yeah, Lowndes and Seaton, a couple of runners-up results. Pie and Luff, we talked about this. It's almost the same answer as what we said mm. about earlier, really, isn't it? Next, let's move along. Let's get this snapping. Joanne, what has been the best wildcard entry and their best finishing position? We touched on we that touched earlier. On that. Matthias Ekstrom and Andy Prio in the Xbox Triple Eight rocket ship in 2013. And they finished? 10th. Was it 10th or 11th? I thought they cracked the 10. Yeah, I think they might have. I can't remember. But they were there or thereabouts. I know of this database that I can check. So we have a database in our office that we have built that has had has the entire Bathurst 1000 and Australian Touring Car Championship and Supercars Championship and Super 2 histories of every race, of every driver, of every event. So I've just padded so Will can type into our system where they finished. And you wouldn't have had to have padded so long if I had known how to type Prio. P-R-I-A-U-L-X. Yes. Priolox. Yes. They finished 10th. There you Haven't go. Haven't qualified 18th. Good stuff. There you go. Question answered. Next one. From Greg. Is the sleuth and his TCR comrade, Mr. Greg Rust, at the mountain working for Channel 10 or Fox Sports this year? I'll be there with 10 again for the what is it, third year in a row. I can't Something remember. Like it's gone so quick. Uh, myself, Maddie White, Roz Kelly, and Kate Peck with the TED Sport coverage of Bathurst Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I can't speak for Rusty, but I don't think... He's going to be at the mountain. I think he might be back in Unzid watching on on the television. Yes, Australia's Greg Rust. <laughs> yes. Jeez, we give him so much of a hard <laughs> time about that. Question from Steve. With the cars now being so fast and reliable, what do you think of lengthening the race to 1,200 or 1,500 Ks? That way we'd get a whole day of racing like we used to and it'd stop them starting the race later so it continues to finish in prime time television. Hate it. Don't like it. It's been a regularly asked thing in socials for us in the last year or two. Mm. I know that the race did evolve from 500 miles to 1,000 kilometres in 73. Yes, the cars are going faster now. Yes, the race is starting later. So is it its end leads as a crescendo into the news. It's the, it's the one, it's world famous because it's the Bathurst 1000. It rolls off the tongue. It's a great brand. 1200, the Bathurst 1500. Doesn't sound quite no, right, does doesn't it? Doesn't sound right. And as proven in recent months, if the category wasn't willing to keep the Sandown 500 brand due to the sake of adding 100k is extra racing to the championship schedule, they're not going to add 200 to Bathurst. I just, I'm reading it a little bit more year on year in the lead up to Bathurst, but I, 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 I get understand it. people yeah. want more. People want yeah. more racing. People want more time to be able to sit and watch it on TV. More cars on the track. More, more, more. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, nah, it's the 1,000. Just don't stuff with history. Yeah. I th- we've had it since 1973. That's what it's known as around the world. No. Nah. That means you can have a bit more of a sleep in this year. Well, yeah. Yeah. You've got to look at the positives. Uh, people will keep finding something to be upset or angry about in the modern world, won't they? Indeed. All right, all right, let's let's leave the 1,000. Right. From Jory, with the cars getting easier to drive year on year, could or should supercars go back to a H-pattern gearbox? Are the cars getting easier to drive? Is it I believe easy- Dave Reynolds, he says it, they are. Is it easy to do sixes and sevens at Bathurst all day long under immense pressure in warm conditions, wet conditions? If how you'd asked Dave Reynolds they- after last year's Bathurst, the answer would have been no. Yeah, how are they easier to drive? Mm. Because they're sequential now, is that, I'm presuming. Yes, I'd say that would be the crux of the question. Uh, I'm, I'm all right with sequentials. We should never, ever go paddle shift. No, no, but hard no on that. H-, H patterns were taken away as a means of stopping potential over-revs on engines, making it easier for drivers to adapt to the cars. Not that we have many overseas drivers come anymore, but 
Although that would have made things harder for both Rossi and Hinch. For sure. Mm. But oh, I don't see a reason why changing. And and look, there's a massive investment in the current gearboxes, so it was a big enough thing for them to go from the Albans to the um, to the X-Track. So I mm. uh, can't see that one happening anytime soon. From Callum, should there be a limit on how many Bathurst starts a pair of drivers can have together? Having Craig Lands partner up with a younger driver in this series surely would help them out a lot more than being with Win Cup again. Uh, no. Can't see that one being enforced ever. No. No. That'd be that'd be way too hard. Oh, could you imagine trying to write the criteria for that? <laughs> oh, ice cream headache. Uh, from Chris, what's your opinion of having the top, say, 5, 10 cars from the Super 2 category actually joining the field for the main race? Most common question we get in the lead up to Bathurst, and it drives me a little bit insane. It was not better when there was 55 cars on the track. Man, I'm going to get some hate for that. Mm. But I agree it would be better to have 35 than 25. Yeah. But we are where we're at because of the market, of, yeah. because of where things are at. There's nothing stopping the no. top 5, 10 Super 2 cars from from entering as wild cards. Nothing in the rules. Just money. Can, they can enter as wild cards, yeah. but it costs a massive amount of money to either lease a car to prepare your own to the level required for the 1,000 and the current spec of the main game. Hmm. The fact is there's an f- entry of 14 or 15 cars for the Super 2 round at Bathurst. That tells you why no one's a wild card in the main game yeah. because they're struggling enough just to run in the Super 2 series. So it's, it's basically cost. Sure, it'd be great to see 35, 40 cars on the grid, but remember that Super 2 is where a whole pile of co-drivers are being plucked from for the 24-25 regular cars. So who's going to drive the other cars? Yeah. Which was the same scenario when the series began in the early 2000s where the top X number of cars were invited onto the grid, but they weren't able to run because, you know, whether it was Simon Wills or Paul Dumbrell or Dale Breed or whoever it was, mm. got a co-drive. So they had to go down the list to find four cars and it ended up being the bloke who was 8th, 10th, 11th and 13th in the series getting a go at Bathurst because they just work their way down the line. So it's the finances. It's where we're at in our category. It's it's just where we're at. It's not because they're not allowed to or that they're being banned or that someone's holding them back or uh, wild cards exist for a reason and they can be used, yeah, but it's- It's just it's, an expensive exercise. It's money. In, yeah. in essence, it's money. Uh, from Sean, is number 17 the one number to have stayed on one brand of car at Bathurst the longest? Good question. Love yeah, a good stats one, question. It? Had to go to the uh, database for this one. It is. Number 17 has had 41 starts in the Bathurst Classic on a Ford from 1978 to now. That's a remarkable streak. And that last non-Ford start was with Johnny Rutherford and Janet Guthrie in 77. Yes, good point, good point. Look at you wheeling out the the old history. By the way, the number nine, 23 starts in Fords. Alan Moffat, Stone Brothers, Sierras, ANZ, SP Tools Falcon. Just not the the Merc. Uh, There was number nine on a Merc, but it doesn't count in that list. Exactly. The Ford start. So, yeah, the answer is number 17 on a Ford, 41 times which is that's a lot that's more than i've been around yeah jordan who has the most entries in the 1000 as a as a co-driver in quotation marks i assume in a secondary driver role you have to say it's luke yulden yeah obviously there were years where you know he paired up in the second car with a dean canto at fpr or with an adam macro at perkins or Mm. wherever it was but 
It's Luke Yulden. Yeah. Has to be. Question from Billy. Which supercar has done the most laps ever around Mount Panorama? <laughs> when I read this question, I thought, are you kidding me? How are we going to fit? Hang on a minute. We've got a We've database. Got database, yeah. So the most laps completed in the Bathurst 1000 in the race by a supercar individual chassis is 865 by HRT 042, which is the car that Craig Lowndes and Cameron McConville finished runners-up in on debut for that car at Bathurst in 1999. And clinched Craig's last title. That's right. And it was a Kmart car and a super cheap auto PWR car later on down the track. So 865 laps times 6.2. That's a lot of kilometres from one car. Next best is 805 from FPR 1217, which is um, a car they've run. It's a car of the future spec car that's run over the last couple of years with Winterbottom and Stanaway and and a range of a range of drivers so similar sort of vein from Nathan which car has won the most Bathurst 1000s there are two there's mm. two two-time winning cars popular question we get asked this one a bit yeah. 1982 and 83 the Peter Brock HDT Commodore that won those races was the same car yep. 05 with Brock and Perkins in 82 25 with Brock Perkins and John Harvey in 83 but not Phil but not Phil. Yes. Uh, I think that's something he's still not that pleased with. And uh, fair enough. I uh, wouldn't be. Number two of that list is the Mark Scaife Golden Child HRT car that won in 2001 and in 2002. Hmm. So when you look at, as we talked about earlier, the 99 car on the grid this year is the only one that has a previous Bathurst win. Um, if you were following form, the odds of that happening diminished because the other two-time Bathurst winning cars did so back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. It's you can't in, take it, that as a form it, guide. It'll yeah. get in the club, but it's not, oh, yeah. it's kind of got an asterisk next to it to go, you're in the club, but you can stand by the bar over there. You're not quite in the back-to-back club. But would mean they're all holding still. True. Which is interesting. Next question from David. Best regular driver who didn't win Bathurst. Where do you start? Uh, what do you deem regular? Someone, I guess, a regular championship. Regular ba- yeah. 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 A lot of very talented guys have lobbed up the mountain and not gotten a win. But Which we've discussed that in our Ford Top 10 Bathurst Drivers yeah. podcast. So have a listen to that one of where we rank Glenn Seaton and all the four drivers, one to ten. We agreed on one slot of all the drivers, you and I, mm. and then we just didn't agree on a pile of others. So we agreed on what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And exactly, everyone's been yeah. giving us their top ten as well. So uh, From Joel. Which current driver or co-driver has the most amount of podiums without winning the race? Well, we, we covered that we one. Covered off. that one. Yep. Alan, how many nationalities raced in the 1987 Bathurst 1000? It was a few. I went to the database on this one. I left a pause this is a there. Good database. I, trying, I didn't know that. Okay. I, I, I left a pause there, thinking of how can I make it sound like I was able to figure this out on my own. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was quicker to go to the database. Yeah. The answer is eleven. 11 different nationalities in the race in 87, of course. That was the World Touring Car Championship round. So, from Argentina. Juan Manuel Fangio the two. second. Yep. The nephew. Uh, Australia. Austria. Belgium. Miss Austria, as it, as it happens, yeah. <laughs> Belgium. UK. They're all from England. Mm. France. Germany. Of course, at the time, West Germany. Ah. Uh, Italy, Japan, New Zealand, and Venezuela. Good old Johnny Chicotto. Correct. So, yeah, 11 nationalities. In the race in uh, 1987. And it's a slightly trick question. Who won the World Touring Car Championship round at Bathurst? Not Peter Brock. 
Johnny Giacotto and Gianfranco Brancatelli because they were the highest ranked registered for World Championship points because their team had paid the squillion dollars that were required. Yeah. Next question from Peter. Who was the oldest person to race at Bathurst and what age? Database. Mm. Uh, we've got Bob Holden at age 65 and 307 days in the 1998 AMP 2-litre Bathurst 1000. Mm. Faber-Castell, BMW 318i. Of course, former winner of the race as well. Yeah, he wasn't 65 when he won. It was in 1966 that he won the race. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, 65 years, 307 days at Bathurst in 1998. Uh, by our numbers, Lou Stoopman was 61 in 77. Alan Grice was 59, nearly 60 in 2002 when he did his last Bathurst that ended about eight seconds into it. Murray Carter was 59 in 1990. Brock was 59 in 2004. And Jim Richards... That was 59 when he did his last one in 2006. Hmm. And he, he qualified third three years earlier. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. But actually, here's one. Stephen Richards is going to become only the second driver to race at 47 or older in the Bathurst 1000 since 2010 when he lines up this year. Wow. Hmm. There you go. And again, reigning champion. Hmm. Question from Carl. Will we ever see a sub-two-minute lap? In a supercar? Uh, yeah, no. I would say. No. Well, certainly, we certainly will move a step away from that next year with the engine spec changes and aero spec changes that are being discussed. Yeah, it won't happen. Won't? No. Never? No. Wouldn't have thought we've gone down to a three. We've only ever done it once. Mm. We'd only done a six once. Yeah, we keep moving. We keep finding ways, but I don't think supercars need to go that fast. No. Anyway. Question from Shane. Will the Bathurst 2005 Murph in-car angle footage ever be released? I think Shane messages about this regularly. Uh, I've got no idea if it exists, and I'm presuming he means the Tiger inboard camera. camera. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it exists where it exists. I've never seen it. I used to love a trawl through the um, through the Fox database because we had a lot of stuff in the um, Vision Archive there and still, well, I assume they still do, even though I haven't been there for almost 12 months. Um, never actually went looking for that Vision. Never occurred to me. And I'm now regretting that. But anyway, <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you either, Shane. Be interesting to see. Oh, for sure. Uh, especially if it has, if only they'd been mic'd up when they were chatting to each other. That's the other thing that's crucial. I, I, I think it was along the lines of, I can't wait to see you go to NASCAR, Marcus. I can't wait to get rid of you, Greg. Miss you, see you, bye. <laughs> where's Something your, like Where's that? your balaclava, mate? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. Yeah. From Rowan, which driver has the most Bathurst podiums ever? We covered that, didn't we? No, we haven't no, covered that. No, it's a slightly different question. Lounge. Yeah. 14. Yes. Yeah. Seven wins. Mm, not bad. Mm. That's slightly ahead of Brock, isn't it? Uh, Brock, Richards, Perkins, I think we're all 12 from memory off the top of my head. And the last one from Dean. Why was the FGX Falcon eligible for Super 2 in 2015, but no ZB Commodore yet? ZB Commodore is a whole step away from an FGX Falcon in its design and its era. The FGX was a car that ran for a long time, but it it was an aero tune up of an FG that started in, what, 2013 as a car of the future car. So uh, it's not apples and apples. It's Mm. a bit apples and oranges, and um, we don't need the ZB in Super 2. VF's enough. Yeah. Leave the ZB in the main game. That's it. That's it. No more questions. No. We're done. We're done. 
So our pre-Bathurst, super cheap auto Bathurst 1000 podcast is all over. Yeah. Wave yeah. the checkered flag, close off Mountain Straight, send everyone to the paddock. I'd say send them to the bar, but anyway. Wow. We can't wait to get to Bathurst for the race. Um, it is going to be another great, great race, no matter which way you look at it. No matter who you support, driver, car, team, may your team or driver or car go well. We will see you at Mount Panorama. Don't forget the V8 Sleuth Bookstore will be open for business in the paddock, in behind, uh, right where the Legends and Heroes car display is. Big white tent. You won't miss it. Will will be there with his bright, smiling face. And hopefully a voice. Just drink more of that lemon tea. You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. Hey, great to sit down. Thanks again, everybody. We've been blown away by the uh, response to the podcast this year. We're over 100,000 downloads, which I'm sure there's others who have many more than us, but we're really stoked in it because it's something that we've built from scratch on our own platform, uh, which is really exciting. Um, We've had some great chats this year. Go through our back catalogue. Subscribe via Apple or Google or Spotify or Come to our website because we do embed them within the stories on the site. Uh, go back through the back catalogue. We've talked to some of the greats of the sport this year. We've done some Q&As. We've looked at some classic cars. We've got some more stuff in the pipeline. If you'd like to get involved with our podcast from a sponsorship point of view, by all means, flick us an email through the V8 Sleuth website because we will never say no <laughs> to anyone who wants to give us money to put their brand on our podcast and get it out there to even more people. In the meantime, hope you enjoyed our preview of the great race for 2019. We will see you at the mountains. Safe travels and see you there. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out.